Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. And I'm Vitorp. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Vitorp? Mr. Mr. Vitorp is here with us today for this episode. Is that true? A hundred percent true. Wow. Holy crap. Vitorp. Uh, thank you so much for filling in for us. Uh, Axial is getting married pretty soon and he's off doing some bachelor party sort of things this weekend when we're recording, but, um, a whole, whole, whole lot has happened in the community and it would be criminal to not release an episode. So we spoke with Axial and got his okay and, uh, decided that we needed to reach out to a replacement co-host for the episode. And, uh, we needed someone that was cool and who knew a little bit about V31. And, you know, after the cool part, we were like, well, maybe Vtorp. And then after the V31 part, we were like, well, obviously Vtorp. So uh, Vtorp, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're, we're excited to have you. Sure thing. I'm excited to be here again. Cool, cool. So I guess let's jump right into the news. Also, uh, huge shout outs to Herfy Durfy for uh, staying up past midnight to record this episode with us. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, that. No problem. We're going to keep the energy nice and high for you mm-hmm. just to make sure that you stay awake. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool, cool. All right, first thing, so obviously V31 is out. It was released at uh, roughly 9.30 p.m. on Sunday, September 15th, 2019. That was the release. Um, obviously, we're going to talk a lot more about that. Uh, that is our feature. We've, we've got a full dive into the differences, um, first impressions, uh, you know, just kind of all aspects of V31 that we can talk about. So we will get to that in a little bit. Uh, so we'll set that aside for now. But next up, uh, pretty much right after V31 was released, the new uh, main tourney was announced. And uh, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to correct something that uh, a mistake that I normally make. Rather than try to stumble my way through this and then turn it over to Herfy Durfy, I'm just going to turn it straight over to Herfy Durfy because he's going to know a lot more about this than me. So Herf, tell us about this new tournament that's coming up. Yeah, so uh, we've been obviously in close contact with, uh, I guess not us directly, but Christos has been in close contact with VTorp uh, regarding V31. So we had a little bit of a, a preview, I would say, of what's to come. And we've kind of tried to build the tournament around that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, well, this is kind of what we've come up with. And... Uh, well, before, I'm not really sure how to start this, because as soon as we posted this, people voiced their opinions, I will call it. Mm. And uh, it seems like the ideas that we've had weren't too well received. No. So let, let's just start with, uh, like, lay out the general layout of this tournament, how yeah. it's structured. So we've, uh, it's, you know, the the general structure is as you're used to. We are starting out with uh, qualifiers that will last three weeks. They'll start at the beginning of November. Uh, we're going to go over the GSL style uh, groups after the qualifiers. Uh, the qualifiers will be uh, 128 people, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, 128 people will qualify after the three weeks of qualifiers, which will go into the GSL style groups, which are pretty much exactly what we had in the GOMO podcast tournament yeah. as well. Wonder where yeah, that came from. 
Yeah, I know. You you want to be like, oh man, what a crazy coincidence! But it's like, oh, it was probably the same person's idea in both situations, right? Yeah, it, it, it yeah. yeah, it was my idea. I suggested <laughs> it as well after I suggested it here, and people seem to like it. Uh, we've decided to go with best of threes instead of best of ones, uh, just so that it would last a little longer. People would get to play a couple more games in the group rounds before they potentially get knocked out. And uh, I think I think people are liking the idea. I don't think there's been too much complaints about uh, the group format and how it's going to shake out. Yeah, making a best of three definitely helps. Do you think maybe that correction was made as an observation from our tournament? I don't think so. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of anyways. I think we just right. generally wanted to have a couple more games than just, you know, two. If, you're, if you manage to lose your two games, you're out of the group. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I was kind of fighting for having two of the GSL star group stages after another, but since they're best of threes, that would have really added, you know, a lot more time than we wanted to. And since mm. I think we all remember that the definitely the biggest complaint about the last tournament was that we took way too much time and that people had to play way too many games over a massive amount of time. I mean, it started as a fall tournament and it kind of ended up being a spring tournament at the same time. Yeah. So that that was really the main goal first and foremost to to shorten it as much as we could and still make it a fun tournament where people don't, you know, just get knocked out after a game or two immediately. Mhm. Um so so we've we've sort of laid out, you know, and then after these group stages are basically brackets. Yeah, of course. So yeah, more recognizable than brackets until, well, you know, we kind of had to account for holidays and then there'll be GDQ and stuff. So it will take a while, but then we've got brackets. And then of course, at the end, we crown our winner, but, um, that's just the general, fo you know, tournament structure, I guess, uh, the, the settings are really where, where the whole meat is and where most of the complaints came from in the end. So the settings, yeah, the so settings. Some of these new V thirty one settings, <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know how much into this we want to get right now. If we want to just tackle this more when we talk about V thirty one, or if we should kind of maybe we can kind of give like broad strokes and sort of the idea. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, we'll we'll get as you said, we'll get into more detail as we talk about the actual release of V thirty one and what all of it, you know, what it entails, so to speak. But um, let's, I'll try to give like a short idea of what everything means. And I'm sure Vitor will have to correct me on a few things because I'm not 100% perfectly sure on everything. But okay. uh, we'll, we'll try to get through it. So uh, we've decided on some kind of standard baseline settings for the qualifiers, which uh, kind of well, the original idea was the the qualifier settings would carry over into the group and bracket stages as sort of the baseline settings for how we want to see to play out. And then kind of like it was in the last tournament, we'll give the players each uh, the option to change a couple of things with each following game. So the, the first game in the group stage would essentially be the same game as a qualifier game settings wise. And then... Uh, the, I believe the loser gets to choose the first uh, change uh, of, of settings and then in the third game should one be necessary uh, the other person gets to choose another change that stacks on top of the first change but let's get into the settings a little bit 
So first, uh, with uh, version 31, we've got some new logic settings or some some more detailed settings that let you change up the logic. Uh, of course, it'll be no glitches required because we don't really want to set the entry barrier too high. It's going to be a community tournament. We want as many people as possible to be able to enjoy it. Uh, the item, item placement would be set to advanced, which is the first change from before. Uh, I think we the the possible choices for this are basic and advanced. I don't think there's anything else. That is correct. Just the two. Uh, all right. So basic is basically what we're used to, as far as I understood everything, which just means you know it's, it places the items in a way that you can finish the seed, but doesn't really take too much care about you know stuff like dark rooms being possible with a fire for example which is the first thing that comes to mind when i think of advanced item placement is that correct uh sort of it was kind of like what we had before got squished both ways so a few new things in basic and a few new things in advanced all right i'm sure we'll we'll get more into that when we talk about the actual v31 release so let's let's leave it at that Mm -hmm. um we've decided to leave the dungeon items as standard the dungeon items toggle is sort of the key sanity replacement i want to call it so sounds about right yeah so what you can do now is you're not only able to turn on and off key sanity with all the changes that you know and love but you have a little bit more granularity now you can switch it from just your standard dungeon items as we're all used to, to a map and compass shuffle. You can include small keys into that, so it would shuffle maps, compasses, and small keys. And then the last change is basically the full key sanity that we all know where it shuffles maps, compasses, small keys, and the dungeon big key. And uh, what we've gone for is just a standard dungeon item shuffle. At first we we had proposed to go for a, a map and compass shuffle just because it would add two more interesting items to your to your dungeons and you would also need to ha find uh, maps before you knew if a dungeon was a crystal or a pendant. Hmm. But, um, you know, moving on to the next settings that kind of interfered a little bit with what we thought for those. So um, the goal settings have changed. Uh, the goal settings are for the qualifiers fast ganon, which essentially the, the quickest way and to not get into too much detail, but the quickest way to explain this is that the ganon hole on top of the pyramid is always open and you're not required to kill uh, Aga 2 to be able to, you know, kill ganon. You just need to fulfill your crystal goal, which is uh, something that I'll get into next you can now set uh, different crystal requirements for opening Ganon's tower and for making Ganon vulnerable. And uh, I think this is currently probably the point of the biggest contention with the community. Uh, originally, mm -hmm. we had it set that you can open up Ganon's tower at four crystals and Ganon would be vulnerable at seven crystals. And it would be a fast Ganon seed. And, well... As we said, I'm not sure how much we want to get into this, but just to kind of outline what the problem here is for the community. The community says, with these settings, you're essentially making Ganon's Tower a massive pendant dungeon <laughs> by, you know, by opening it up at four crystals, but never requiring it thanks to fast mm. Ganon. 
you now I never I never heard anyone explain it that way, but that that is it is. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you have a huge pendant dungeon with I uh, you know a lot of chests and um, uh, probably the longest way to get to out of all the dungeons in the game. So you're yeah. you're introducing an extremely high variance play where people will have to decide if they want to spend 10 minutes going and climbing GT to maybe find absolutely nothing or to go and, you know, spend the 10 minutes going to and climbing GT and winning the game immediately because their opponent didn't do it. And yeah. I think that's the biggest complaint. Yeah, I think that was an absolutely excellent summary. I definitely couldn't have better said it better myself. So thank you for that. Now, I want to say to your credit and to the credit of the the admins in general, um, they, they heard a lot of this backlash. They listened to the community and they actually submitted a form that they want people to fill out with some feedback saying, okay, what about it? Don't you like, you know, what could we maybe consider? Things like that. So we'll, we'll put a link to that form in the description of this episode. But um, it would have been very easy to just say, this is what we've decided. Deal with it. This is the new version, you know, where that's what we're going to go with. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, people would have to deal with that if and, you know, choose to do it or not do it. But I think it's really cool that you are, you know, li willing to listen to people's feedback and maybe make some changes based on that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, we definitely. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I just wanted to say we definitely didn't want to double down on our decisions. As you said, it's a community tournament. So we want to listen to the feedback. And uh, more importantly, we, we want to do it quickly. So as far as I know, we're recording this on Saturday, or for me, it's like Sunday morning, 20 <laughs> past midnight right now. But <laughs> yeah. we already have uh, a voice call scheduled for Sunday morning Eastern time to talk about the first round of feedback that we got. Because not only do we want to get out the form for the feedback very quickly, which I think we accomplished, we also want to, you know, work with the feedback very quickly and give mm -hmm. people a, an idea that, yeah, okay, we're changing this and that and we're still collecting feedback. Yeah, you have to imagine the people most fired up about it have probably got their got their answers in by this point. But um, yeah, so so we'll have we'll have a link to that. It might be too late. It sounds like uh, by the time this episode comes out. But again, just cool to see that that they're doing that. Um, now, Vitor, we know that, uh, you know, the development side and the tournament side, these are kind of two separate uh, entities, but what are what are your thoughts and what has been your perception of of this you know sort of uh, tournament being rolled out? Um, well, I did used to be a tournament admin uh, for the mm -hmm. first three tournaments, I think, and mm -hmm. um, my perspective when I saw the initial like what they were planning on doing, I was I was excited and happy. I think part of it is people need to kind of deal with with change. It's what changes up the meta. It's what makes things different. Um, well, I can see an argument that Ganon's Tower, you know, is is one huge pendant dungeon. Uh, I mean, it's just part of the game. It's like <laughs> yeah. Mimic Cave is is awful to get to. Spike Cave can be awful at times. Going to Mire to get something, you know, in in the Firelock side. All of these things are are things that are just maybe not great if you spend the time doing it. I don't mm -hmm. think it, having one more thing like that's a real big problem. Yeah. Well, that's that's definitely valid. Would would you say this is maybe getting too like in depth right now? But would you say there's sort of like a mission statement when it comes to a link to the past randomizer that like you guys fall back to whenever you're trying to make decisions? Um. Well, part of the decision making for like the dev side of it is um, we want to kind of stay true to the original game in some mm -hmm. regard. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're not willing to do stuff like festives or inverted mode or things like that. 
uh, where we completely just throw everything out the window or, or to a point. You know, we still have kind of rules around what we're doing when we do it. But um, I think it's just kind of stay true to the original game to still have what was the amazing thing that we all loved still shine through mm-hmm. as our guiding no, it, light. Yeah, no, and I can, I can, you can definitely feel that too. It's, I, I can tell that like more and more things get randomized with more versions or have the ability to be randomized or changed. But like, you know, the base obviously always stays there. So that's, that's interesting and something I'm sure we'll definitely get more into, but um, for now, I guess let's move it along. We do have another uh, kind of big ticket item here that we want to make sure we leave some time to discuss. And that is the fact that the Links of the Past Randomizer Racing Council uh, has released a memo. This uh, is definitely something we'll link up in the description so you can read that. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and say uh, I, I think it's great. I think it's very well written. Um, it's very easy to read. It's in a very conversational, down-to-earth sort of tone. It's not overly techy or, you know, um, doesn't use a lot of jargon, in my opinion. It's it's in, you know, pretty clear English, and, and I really appreciated that. It was very easy to read. Um, so I read through that whole thing, and I figured we could just kind of summarize in broad strokes the uh, basics of, of what it is. If you're interested, you know, you can go read it yourself. But here's here's kind of in general what, what they touched on. Um, so the, the first thing they mention is essentially just because you don't hear from them doesn't mean that they're not working. Um, they, they say that they're constantly reviewing VODs, race VODs, um, check, looking into people's concerns and complaints when it comes to uh, people maybe trying to circumvent rules. Um, so that, that was kind of the first thing they said is like, you know, just because we're not constantly putting out memos and, and announcements and things doesn't mean we're not uh, working. So I, I appreciated that. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, is one of you guys want to maybe take over? I feel like I'm talking a lot in this one. Do you guys, one of you guys want to take over from here and let's talk a little bit about some of these individual things that were on this racing council memo. Yeah, you sure. Know, I mean, you, you want to go ahead? Oh, oh, sure. I, I will yeah. say from, from my perspective, since I uh, get to kind of see the racing council, I, I can absolutely let you know that they work harder than anybody I've ever seen in the community. Um, it's, it's That's awesome. It's really the, the amount of work that they do that no one, sees and and some of it for good reason because you know it's accusations are a messy thing um to deal with but they they are really just top notch and working on stuff like it it's nobody's business um but yeah so then the next thing is they they uh went over the different glitches and made determinations on many of them the uh the first one probably being a hugely controversial one <laughs> hovering which, uh, how many people in how many uh, of, of you guys can hover? I definitely can't. I've never I, even tried. I cannot, but Vitor, I promise you, I could. I know that I have it within me to learn. I just haven't sat down to try yet. But I hear it's all in the rhythm, and I do have excellent rhythm. So I am a uh, pre hoverer. <laughs> One day I will hover, but I have not yet hovered. I uh, I personally have never hovered, and honestly, I don't think I'm ever going to learn. I I just I enjoy the game as it is, and I will spend the extra time <laughs> looking for a hook shot. Sure. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. but uh, it's also I I like my uh I like my A button, so <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> yeah, ruin that. Yeah, that also that's definitely a very good point. Going, you going. can do do some damage to your A button by hovering, right? Yeah. You. I mean, it basically uh, destroys the uh, rubber. Uh, underneath it so that you have to go find other controllers and tear them apart and pull out the uh, reasonable oh, stuff going into it. But they, they determined it was okay. And, and they were, I mean, 
giving copious amounts of reasonings and also dealing with people's regular, you know, responses to that. I think I'm fine with this. If you take the time to learn, go for it. Yeah. And that's essentially what they said in more or less words. You know, they they said they they looked at a lot of different aspects of it um, and ultimately decided from a viewing standpoint, it's exciting when you see someone hover. It doesn't give you too much of an advantage and you do still have to have an item to do it. So they list tons of reasons. They said they were fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. Hovering is okay. What's the next one? Uh, well, we'll go into the next one being the Potion Camera Unlock, also known as the Potion Skip in Pod. Um, also originally known as the Galanin Pot, because Ooh. Galan found it originally, as far as I know. The original name that I heard for it when I first heard about it was the Glan Googlich. Right. So so Glan <laughs> being our, our friend who, who realized if you're using a potion while moving down a hallway in Pod, you have the chance to unlock the camera. And then walk into the mimic room and just kind of manipulate them off the screen while still in the room. But it opens up the door because being off the screen is considered dead in the game. And Mm -hmm. the council decided to allow it. Although they did have a very long, sordid debate about it. Oh, really? Oh, yes. So apparently hovering was the one that was... None of these apparently were unanimous. They did say like there was at least a little bit of contention debate about every single one of these of all of them hovering was the most like everyone was the most on board potion camera unlock. There were a little bit more who were kind of on the other side. Um, and as far as why, you know, after reading the memo, it's like, uh, you know, because you are manipulating the camera and, and glitching enemies out of the game, like normally that's kind of, edging into major glitch territory um but for some reasons that they outline um you know being that it's you can really only use this in a couple spots in this particular way um that being uh ganon's tower uh if you don't have a bow uh and for some reason you were able to get into ganon's tower without a bow which i guess is going to be more common in v31 um and if you uh are in pod and maybe you don't have a potion you want to glitch those guys out those are the only two times you can use it so Ultimately, it was decided it's okay. And and I guess I'm fine with it, too. I don't know. Herf, what do you think? Yeah, I'm totally okay with this. I mean, as you were saying, there's a couple more places where it's viable to do. But as far as I'm aware, it's only allowed for the pod usage. Right. Yeah. Every Yeah, that's, that's true. Everywhere else is banned. Those are the only two that are allowed. I, I'll also admit, I like this one mainly because it's easier than doing fake flippers. And everyone knows how to do fake flippers. True. Yeah, very true. It's accessible. Yeah, it's just a lot of pause buffering, essentially. So, All right, what's next? I think you took, talked about the Mimic Out of Bounds clip as well there. Oh, I did. I did. I did. I, <laughs> I got them conflated a little bit. Sorry about that. When you said pause buffering, I knew. I knew yeah, you were talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. something mm-hmm. else. You're now, right. That would be the, the next one, one them, the Mimic Out of Bounds yeah. clip. Um, personally, I, they, they, uh, they found that this one was okay as well. Um, on a personal note... I, I don't care one way or the other about it, but it does look like it's a lot of work to get a mimic out of the room. Yeah, I I agree. I've only watched it a couple of times. I have no idea if I could do it myself. Probably with enough time, I would eventually succeed. But I don't know. I mean, I I don't mind that they allowed this. I think this was the one that, well, this and one more that we'll get to after this one, those were the two that had the most 
contention from the community, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the one with the pause buffer and that works in Ganon's tower to get the mimics out of uh, the area right after the big key door or right before the big key door, I should say. Um, and yeah, it only works in a couple places. I've never seen anybody do this actually in a race. I don't know. You know, it, 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 does, it doesn't seem like it comes up a whole lot. So uh, and, and this one was even more contentious, I guess, than the potion camera unlock in, you know, within the council at least that's what they said in the memo there was there was a little bit more debate about this one so uh, again all three of these so far I've, I've been fine with um now there is a new one that was it kind of is a, a more newly discovered glitch that they're calling the pot hookshot clip tell us about that vitor you know what i'm gonna probably pa- i mean i don't actually know as much about this one so i'm gonna pass this one to herfy derfy look at that like a slippery <laughs> little salmon just passed it right along very nice all right well let's see if i can get it all together so that's why we like to have three people on this podcast if we can help it uh-huh. between the three of us surely one of us knows someone knows something probably yeah. well i mean so... i can take a stab at it if you need me to i, I sort of know but... like nah, I-, I know parts good. of it and i know what happens if you go into a pot that you're not supposed mm-hmm. to go into like those parts i do understand <laughs> but i don't actually understand how the glitch itself is performed to, all right to speak so to that. let me let me try to get it all together so uh people found out that if you if you set up what is essentially a bomb jump so you have to set up on the correct pixel you have to lay a bomb that knocks you into the correct direction and if you manage to do that and say the most prominent and current example is in uh, the Hera first floor where you enter the dungeon there's two pots in the back that you can um, you can fall into from a floor above or I think maybe even two floors above I'm not sure how exactly you get into those pots normally I think it's two floors above. It's just it's from the, the floor, floor in front of Moldorm. Yeah, floor before Moldorm in the top left. Is how so you uh, when you fall down there, there's two fairies in there and a little warp point that warps you back up to that floor right before Moldorm where all those pots are with the hearts. And uh, if you lay the bomb correctly, it knocks you into like the the edge of the pot and then you have to turn around and hookshot into the pot and that'll like drag you into the falling animation and make you fall into the pot and in the case of uh, tower of hera it'll let you skip uh, the big key which carries with it of course the risk that you also can't get the big chest so that's kind of you know the risk reward you're taking in that case so you fall, you you know, you bomb clip into the lower left side of the pot. You turn around, you hookshot the rest of the way into the pot. You fall down, you step on the little teleporter. Ta-da, suddenly you're right in front of Moldorm and can finish the dungeon. You, of course, yeah, skip so out what... on everything else and especially the big key and the big chest. Exactly, yeah. So that that's the implication is you're able to, you know, skip out on, on the big key and, and the big chest. So, um it's a newer glitch. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, you have to have hookshot when you're in Hera, which is, there's definitely a possibility of if you take, you know, the longer way around East Death Mountain up there. Um, so we'll be interested to see how people route this in, this new glitch. Uh, it provides another way to get around. Um, it's another sort of gamble, which is, you know, what they explain in this memo and ultimately why they are allowing it. Um, now, the thing is with this pot hookshot clip, um, it can, you can do it pretty much anywhere there's one of those pots that Link can fall down. Um, and it has sort of different effects depending on where you do it. 
Um, this is what they're saying is probably the most useful. And then they outline some additional ones and, and list some screenshots and say, you could do it here. And I guess it could help. Maybe. I don't know if you were, you know, galaxy brained it. Um, and then they, I think there's a couple, they say that they actually it, are not okay um, for, for various reasons that honestly, I, I don't fully understand. So um, if you're interested in learning more about that, again, check out the actual memo itself um, to read further into that. But um, there were just a couple more things on the memo. Um, one of which was talking about major glitch review. A few months back, we were talking about the new Ancilla glitches that were discovered. Um, as we predicted, we were saying like, oh, surely those are not going to be allowed. And of course, they're not in, you know, normal kind of NMG play. Um, but of course, they do still need to be considered. So they, they basically just said they're still working on that kind of stuff. Any thoughts on the major glitch stuff before we get to the final thing? Not really. Nope. Yeah. They're cool. cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's cool to see. It's just nothing I'll ever probably really get into, you know? Right. Yeah. And then the last thing, they, they made a decision to address the auto-tracking um, uh, conversation, I guess we should say. We, we took a whole entire episode and talked about auto-tracking um, a few months back, so we don't want to rehash that whole conversation. And frankly, neither did the Racing Council, because they pretty much just said in a couple, you know, two, three paragraphs, like, hey, we knew you were going to ask. We decided to say that we don't think it should be allowed in tournaments. Um, we still stand by that. Uh, I'm sure we're going to just, you know, look at this again and try to figure it out, you know, once more technology is developed and things. But right now we're going to say it's still a no, um, which honestly, I'm fine with this, too. W what do you guys think? I think um, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Now, to be fair, I'm not someone who's ever really gotten into auto tracking. If I was someone who relied on it, I'm sure I'd feel a lot differently, you know. So it's it's just my opinion personally, but um, yeah. But they're they're thinking about it, and if you're someone who feels passionate about it, you know, maybe make an opportunity to reach out to them and you know state your case. So, but that summed up the racing memo. And all in all, I thought it was just really cool that they went ahead and made like a you know forward-facing statement to address a lot of these things let us know they're here and they're working um so yeah that was cool that was cool any final thoughts on the on the memo uh, i think you know they did a great job as you said and i just really as vitor mentioned in the beginning i want to say thanks again for them you know sitting down using their spare time to mull over decisions nobody else wants to make yeah and it's a beautiful looking memo it's better than any of the stuff that we did as devs it is minimally formatted. It's, it's got a minimalistic appeal to it that is <laughs> really attractive. So cool. Okay. Um, that's pretty much it for the news. Obviously, we want to get right into our V31 stuff. I did want to give people an update on my progress in the Something Awful Community Tournament. Had my first race in that. Got my butt handed to me by a player named Fatboy um, who got like a 130-something to my like 150-something. So... Um, even if I would have had perfect execution, which trust me, I did not, um, they absolutely destroyed me. So shout outs to them. GG. Um, I've got another race tomorrow. So that'll, that's a few days ago when you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening on the day it comes out, but yeah, that's how I'm doing. It's been fun. I like, I like competing in uh, small tournaments as we've said many, many times. So cool. Just an update on that. Um, anything else going on around the community that any of you guys want to address before we jump into V31 stuff? I don't think I can think of anything major yet. The The tournament's mm -hmm. pretty much the biggest thing right now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I just want to say right now, my only regret about the fact that we're about to talk about this is that uh, this is episode 30 that we're recording. <laughs> and like, oh, God, what a bummer, you know? 
but I don't think it's ever yeah. going to line up again. No. Probably well, not. Now we did do the trailer, which is episode zero. So this is actually the thirty-first episode. It's just labeled episode thirty. Oh, there you go. Well, okay, so, close enough. I'll take it. Cool. All right, let's go. Okay, so V thirty-one finally here. Um, as I mentioned, was released at nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Sunday, September fifteenth. Um, and a uh, community seed was released pretty much soon after that, and a bunch of people raced it, which was super cool. Um, but uh, yeah, what we've done here is uh, I've got some links that were sent out in the main Discord uh, in the sort of announcement that came along with the release of V31. So we'll, of course, include those in the description. Uh, there's an info sheet, a V31 changelog. Uh, and then I'll link you to the changelog compendium. And then there's an excellent video um, released by Sakura Subasa that is a V31 update video. It's about 10 minutes long, um, and it's a narrated video where she explains all of the differences. And essentially what I did was just watch that video and just make some notes about the changes to make sure that I got everything because I know that she works with the devs to release that video. Um, so I know it's going to be pretty pretty accurate in terms of catching a little bit of everything that was updated. So huge shout outs to Sakura Subasa. I definitely recommend watching that video, but um, we'll go ahead and dive into some of these specifics. Uh, by the way, there's also going to be some other links in that description. Uh, for instance, there's some updates to the hint system um, and uh, Espeon has actually been compiling some of those in a Google Doc. So I'll link that too. And maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later on. But without further ado, V31, are you guys ready? Oh, I've been ready for months. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So the first thing, and probably the most important, is that uh, there are some new sprites available. Uh, there are now, I can't believe this, there are now 235 available sprites to play for Link to the Past Randomizer. It's, Isn't it's, that crazy? It's really crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I can't believe it. So, um, Vitor, do you know how many new ones were introduced? Um, I think if you go to the change page, I can, I can tell you, I think it was yeah. like 15 or so sounds yeah, right, seemed, but that's, that seemed about right. Yeah. I was just wondering if you know off the top of your head, let me see. I can, put them, uh, it doesn't matter. It's about 15 or so. Um, and again, you know, you can go check that out. We link that in the description, but, um, I personally, I, I tried a V31 seed earlier today and I really enjoyed the piranha plant sprite. I thought that one was super cool. Um, especially the red male. It's like a, like a yellow, like piranha plant. Super cool. Um, still no uncle. Uh, and I don't understand, I don't understand that. That's crazy to me, but yeah, it is what it is. There's 235 sprites and there's no duck either. So <laughs> I, I feel you. How's there no duck still? Is I don't the know. The green duck? Yeah, the green duck. No, no, no duck still. It's okay. Crazy. Oh crazy. man. Listen to you guys complain. I don't see a giraffe <laughs> anywhere. So we're just all, all three of these need to be left out. <laughs> I'm like this close to like learning how to make sprites. I hear it, it's very time consuming and, and, and not that much fun, but I'm, I'm pretty much at the point where I'm ready to do it. I think it's time consuming and not much fun. And um, <laughs> the tools aren't uh, that you great. Made a sprite? I've made half you of like... a duck sprite and then I gave it to the community saying, I don't want to finish this. <laughs> and they still couldn't do it. They couldn't do half the work still. Well, maybe like oh, I did man. a quarter of the work, but it was, it was, uh, it's a lot of work. And, and all the people who do that deserve mad respect. Oh, for what they absolutely. Do. Yeah. There are some names that you see a lot of on there too. Like Mike Trelawney is a name you see a lot, does a ton of sprites. So 
shout outs to yeah all the sprite artists for sure um there are so many options it's it's really incredible um next up uh and this is a pretty big one the bow has been made progressive kind of like the gloves so instead of having the bow be somewhere in the world and the silvers be somewhere in the world now you have kind of two bow items the first one will give you the bow and the second one will give you silvers but they both count as the bow essentially um, and of course the ganon hint when you reach ganon has been updated to reflect that too but i really like this change and, and all the feedback i've seen uh from the community has been that they really like it as well um what inspired this this change to make the bow progressive vtorb um chris i personally this is going to sound weird don't like this change but I'm I'm very much of the mind try things see how they go and then determine from there. Like my my initial feel was I don't I don't like having basically double the chance for any single item because in the mm. original game you have one bow you have to get. You can't get the second you can't get the silvers from the pyramid fairy without having a bow first. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of that part but I mean hey, if people are liking it and they're enjoying it then that's all that matters. So you're you're like a, a purist in that sense that you know really you're you're always going back to the initial game and saying you know what kind of mirrors that experience the best right yeah that's fair that's definitely fair I liked it as in the seed that I played I definitely found it thankful there's a whole term based around trying to find the bow uh, you know bow mode so like this this is kind of in a way sort of a step to try to reduce times that people are in bow mode which can be frustrating, but you know, a lot of things about Rando are frustrating and that's one of the reasons we love it so much, you know? So I, I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, absolutely. Um, so next up, um, you can set presets for frequently played seed settings, which I thought was really cool. You can kind of like essentially save your settings. Um, so that's really cool. Just kind of a quality of life thing. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, there are a lot more settings and options you can choose from. So if you haven't been to ALTTPR, dot com by this point uh, surely you know if you're if you're playing regularly you've checked it out but even if you're someone who maybe like watches more just go check out the website um you know and, and choose to generate a seed and you'll see it you'll get an idea of like all these options um that are available so so that that's uh kind of what what we're mainly sort of outlining here um there was a change to triforce hunt um where essentially when you finish a triforce hunt uh once you get all the pieces you take them to a new npc who's in front of hyrule castle named murahadala murahadala is that it sure sure we'll go with that (laughs) okay so i i i tried to find this i in some discord somewhere i heard somebody talking about the origin of this name because it sounds like just a random mishmash of letters put together but apparently there's there's actually kind of like a an origin story to this name do you know anything about that i do do you herpy i don't oh okay well i i can give away some of the the secrets i suppose um so this is actually uh going back to the names of sahashala and ajina where they're the names of the chakras and the third one would be uh, what this name is based on. And the, the concept behind it is take the chakra, change it to, um, you know, Hiragana, and then convert it to English letters like this. And this is basically where you'd get. That is really cool. That That's awesome that, you know, you guys have sort of, it, it, it again, goes back to the spirit of trying to 
gen- you know, uh, go back to the original game. You know, if there would have been a third wise man you could talk to, there's a really good chance it probably would have been named something like this based on what you guys have discovered about the naming of the other two. So hats off to you guys. That's really cool. What, what was the uh, inspiration to have to turn in the Triforce pieces to, to an NPC in the first place? Well, on, on a side note, huge credit to Kevin, who um, thought mm. up the whole name and, and did all the research. So that that goes to him. Awesome. Um, the reason to turn in, uh, well, we had a few ideas behind it. One of them was, um, if you're ever watching a Triforce hunt race, uh, it's always like, well, they're really close. At any point, the game could just end. Um, and, and it really kind of takes away from the ability to commentate it is one side of it. Uh, except uh, uh, the other side is like, oh, they they have their Triforce pieces. Now they're in that final dash for the end game. It also mm-hmm. mirrors a regular end game of any other game. You have to go to a certain place to finish it. Um, and finally, it works really, really well for an upcoming thing we're working on called Multi World. Mm-hmm. That, that was a little bit. That yeah. was my kind of, you know, if I had, if you, if you put a gun to my head and I had to guess why this NPC was added, that that would have been my guess. Yeah. Very cool. It allows you to continue playing, even though you may have gotten your goal for the game. Oh, okay. Okay. So it has sort of a like game function to it by adding a trigger like that. Yeah. And it's also cool that there's a new NPC in Hyrule Castle. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, definitely. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about something we alluded to a little bit earlier, which is fast Ganon. Um, so it, now in V31, Ganon invulnerability is not tied to completion of Agate 2, um, which that must have been, just like kind of on a side note, that must have been really difficult to implement from a coding standpoint. Is Was that the case or was it actually a little easier than I might think? Um, you'd be surprised. It, it was literally changing one byte. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me then. Never mind for for that one. The the rest yeah. of everything else around making this work was was certainly a lot more. But the uh, the skirting Agatu actually in the original game is not required to be beaten. You can glitch oh. into Ganon and kill him. You can actually kill him at any point. Uh, the randomizer actually puts in an enforcement for the crystals specifically. I see. I see. Okay. So, and, and that's, that kind of goes along with the goals that we talked about before. And I guess we can kind of wrap that into this because it, it's all sort of related. So with fast Ganon, Ganon is vulnerable after you collect the amount of crystals that has been set for that seed. Um, and you're going to start seeing a lot of this new convention that's like number slash number. And what that's referring to is the first number is how many crystals are required to open Ganon's tower. And the second one are how many crystals are required to damage Ganon. Um, so that is that can be kind of combined along with fast Ganon a lot of times. So that once you collect that seventh crystal, you don't have to kill Aga 2. You can just go straight to the pyramid, which already has the hole in it, and go ahead and fight Ganon. You will be able to uh, damage them. Um, so... Does that sound like I, I kind of summed up those new goals well enough? Is there anything I maybe left out there? There's just one subtle change. Uh, well, w- with new fast Ganon, it actually mirrors, if you're doing an entrance randomizer, the crystals goal. So the hole is not open in an entrance seed. Mm. Um, but you can still kill Ganon without killing Aghanim too. once you have your crystals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. 
Now, this is going to lead to some interesting situations. And this is kind of the meat of, I think, our discussion around this and maybe why people are, some, maybe some people are frustrated with playing something like a 4-7 requirement, which is what they're looking at for the main tournament. Hey guys, Tuesday Timp here with a quick editor's note. As of September 24th, they have actually updated this. So the official tournament settings are going to be 7 7 Defeat Ganon instead of Fast Ganon. So essentially the same as a V30. So they, they heard people's feedback and that is what they're going to do going forward. So just wanted to provide that update. But we are going to talk a little bit more about these new goals. So let's get back to it. So in a situation like this, and um, in the first seed that was released for the community, uh, this happened. And in a, the daily race, uh, or actually the nightly, last night, the 9 o'clock, which I played this afternoon, uh, went in essentially unspoiled, other than that it was hard. Um, uh, this this happened too. So even though, you, so like once you get to Ganon's Tower and you check the beginning, like what's traditionally been like the big key hunt area of Ganon's Tower... Um, that's not all of the items in Ganon's Tower, right? Mm -hmm. Once you find the big key, there's four more that are upstairs. You have to go through the entire Ganon's Tower climb, including the gauntlet, um, the various mini bosses that you have to do, um, in order to get the two chests that are in the room with the mini Helmosaurs, and then the pre-Moldorm chest, and then the validation chest, or, you know, Moldorm 2 chest. So... In both of these cases that I was talking about, in the first one, uh, the red cane was in the validation chest, and the red cane was locking three different dungeons. So a climb up the tower was still required in order to beat the seed. And in the one that I played that was the 9 p.m. from yesterday, September 20th, uh, Bombos was up there, and Bombos was needed to open up, I think, Mire. Uh, which was a crystal which had to be done. So in both cases, even though it was, you know, quote unquote, fast Ganon, it was anything but because you had to climb up the tower. So I don't know if maybe people are concerned that that's something that's going to be happening more often, you know, because that's a huge gamble to go up there for those four chests. But as you can see, sometimes you need something that's up there. So it's almost like you're just going to have to do it anyways, or, or maybe you do gamble it. I don't know. This is what I think was one of the people's kind of problems is situations like this. What do you what do you guys think about a, a situation, you know, like this and the effect it could maybe have on a player versus, you know, is this just rando being rando? I think in your first case where you have the red cane upstairs, I mean, and it was locking three crystal dungeons, where else are you gonna go? I mean yeah. so that one, while it sounds awful initially, it's like, well, you're not entering three dungeons. So, although I can't think of which three, like half of, you, you can't go into half of Ganon's Tower, you can't go into Turtle Rock, and you can't finish Mire. I mean, yeah, it's it's not great, but like, that's kind of half of the fun is, what are you, where are you going to find that really awkward thing in the game? Yeah, and I, I don't know for sure, but I think maybe like inside of Mire was something else that opened up another dungeon, which is how essentially, you know, uh, there's another way of saying like, you know, locked out three dungeons. I don't know that for sure. I, that's just, I think what the case was, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, so, so you're, you're saying essentially like rando's going to rando like that. That's going to happen sometimes. Do you think it's just a coincidence that it's happened twice like this in two like highly visible kind of community kind of races? Um, It's possible. I mean, it could be also something wrong with the randomizer. That's always a possibility, but again, on the first day of the randomizer, something like 
600 games were generated that night after we oh, released wow. it. So, I mean, yeah, if if two in, in you know, it could be high profile, low profile, people are going to talk about it if it happens. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, maybe it, it's it's possible that it happens more than than we initially expect. Uh we're we're still working on getting some stats, although the problem is with the explosion of options, it makes it hard to get stats that are meaningful in every case. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, and then I guess the other thing is just kind of what Herf alluded to earlier, uh, you know, about essentially Ganon's Tower turning into a pendant dungeon. Once you have the amount of crystals required to get into Ganon's Tower, it's like, like what, 22 items or something like that in there. And then, you know, of course, the ones that you can also climb up to that we were just talking about. So you could put it off, but it's like there's a pretty good chance you're going to find progression in there. Um, so it's, it's pretty alluring to go in. Um, I, I can't see really a situation where I would not go to Ganon's Tower before I had, you know, all seven crystals or where I'd even be able to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I guess people are, you know, they thought maybe or their, their feelings are that it's going to extend the amount of play or I guess more more accurately, they're worried about if there's too much variation or too much chance, then it sort of removes the ability for those with really high execution to consistently win if that makes sense. What do you guys think about a statement like that? I mean, personally, going back to what Vitor said very early on when we were talking about the qualifier settings, where he said, yeah, I mean, it is essentially a big pendant dungeon, but, you know, there's other crappy places in the game as well. And, you know, I do agree with that statement. Obviously, the randomizer has more than enough crappy places you never want to check, so there's no argument for me there. I just personally have a problem with introducing more of them for, you know, I, I I understand why it was done and I don't think it's a bad change. And I also want to say that, hey, can we have an open GT before we have all seven crystals has probably been one of the most requested things in the history of the randomizer, I want to say. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I totally see all that. I just don't like adding more of these possibilities because as you were saying it just makes for more high variance places where you're like well if i do it and i don't find anything i just waste a 10 to 15 minutes and if i do it and find something and my opponent doesn't then everyone will know you know half an hour before the seat ends that i'm going to be winning and i just don't think that's fun for the players and it's probably also not too fun for the viewers either so one other thing to add about um, these required crystals, another addition in V31, signposts were added outside of the, uh, in the pyramid and also in front of Ganon's tower that tell you the requirements of crystals for uh, getting, for hurting Ganon and getting into Ganon's tower respectively. Um, and the reason that's important, you know, if you already know the goal going in, that's fine. You're probably not going to look at those uh, signs. But there's also a way you can randomize that crystal count, which is kind of cool, too. Um, so, you know, obviously those signs would be invaluable. If you didn't know how many crystals you needed to beat the game, obviously you're going to need to figure that out really quickly um, to know how much to work uh, before you go kill Ganon. So um, I haven't heard or seen of anyone playing with the randomized crystals, but I am interested to see that play out. I think probably the biggest downfall is just like you have no idea how what kind of time commitment you're getting into when you start something like that, you know? 
Well, at worst, it's going to be, you know, seven. Yeah, minutes, a normal rando seed. <laughs> a normal, yeah, two. So a lot to maybe two and a half hours at most, but maybe you'll get lucky and get a 45 minute commitment. I mean, yeah, I've, I've had a couple of friends play random Ganon seeds, and the quickest one was finished in like 23 minutes or something because it turned oh. into a zero zero. So, you know, you just found some stuff that you were comfy with killing Ganon, and off you go. That's that's that Breath of the Wild scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, hey, whenever you're ready, whenever you feel like you can, go ahead. You know, that's that Breath of the Wild speed run. Um, cool. Okay, so I think we, we've talked about that a pretty fair amount. As always, you know, feel free to email us, you know, jump in the Discord, let us know what, what your thoughts are. But um, let's move on for now. Uh, the next thing that was addressed, uh, change in V31, was item placement. And there's two different toggles for this. Um, there's advanced and basic, and we sort of touched on this earlier, but um, Vitorp, do you want to tell us kind of what advanced item placement entails? Uh, this is the one that's used for the main tournament. Right, so advanced item placement and basic, we'll, we'll kind of look at them a little more holistically for a moment. Okay. Um, it, it, it takes the original item placement that you were used to in the game and and splits it and pushes a little more towards harder stuff and a little more towards easier stuff. So there's nothing that's that is exactly like what you had before. And and that's where advanced is going to require I should say possibly require you to do things that um most people who are running like racing the game would already be willing to do. Um basically navigating dark rooms, but this requires having a fire rod to go through rooms that have a uh, you you put brazier. Is that, is that yeah, that's a that's a, like a torch. Oh, fancy word for torch. <laughs> fancy word yeah. for, for torch there. Um, B r a z i e r. Yeah. So, um, but using the fire rod, so it's a little more accessible to people who who would have to do that, um, other than maybe escape, which is interesting to know where all the uh, torches are or, or braziers. Um, <laughs> not brazier. Not very, brazier. Very different. Absolutely. Do not try to confuse those two. Um, laser skips, which people are already pretty used to, um, mm-hmm. that do races. Silverless Ganon um, can be logically required. This is something that people who have been racing have just been doing already. Um, like like more of the, I want to say tournament style racing. Uh, a lot of people race um, in, like maybe casually wouldn't do that, but after a while you start to go, alright, you know what? I'm tired of searching for silvers. I'm just going to go ahead and figure out how to kill Ganon. Um, there were a few other things that I not thinking of at this exact moment uh the the pinball room pinball room in Skullwoods has been a thorn in my side for god knows <laughs> how long and um it's it's finally finally it's not in there yeah so you if you drop in there accidentally and it doesn't have a key you have to save and quit does that mean there could also be an item in there oh yes in fact oh. after our next hot fix there will certainly have a chance of having an item in there <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, don't don't forget that room. That's that we we all need to sort of rewire our brains a little bit when we're going through Skull Woods now. Check out that pinball room. Um, okay, yeah. So this this is interesting. I, I think a lot of this will honestly go unnoticed by a lot of the like racing community, like you said. Um, you know, stuff like technically before, like the silvers had to be somewhere where you could find them logically. Now, maybe that's not the case. Maybe you could beat the game before you technically were able to find them, um, lock behind a couple things beyond go mode, essentially. So, um, and, and then on the other side of that is basic, um, which will, you know, make it so that, you know, there is a chance that maybe you find, I don't know, 
um, half magic before you get to try next. Um, you know, kind of make sure that you're a little bit more prepared um, from an execution standpoint uh, before you're being asked to do certain things within the game. Does right. that sound, is that a fair mm-hmm. assessment? Okay, cool. All right, moving along. Um, so we've talked already a little bit. I don't think we need to spend too long on this, mm-hmm. but the dungeon item randomizer, um, you know, essentially, as, as Herf said, kind of replaces key sanity and also provides a couple additional options um, where you can choose more specifically the items within dungeons that move out into the main pool randomizer. You can send all of them like a key sanity does. You can send just the maps and compasses out uh, or just the big keys. So it gives people, you know, more ways to play. I think it's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Uh, Next up, um, hints are toggleable. You can turn them on or off. Um, (laughs) And I know Herp is excited. And I just think it's like. I have to say props to you, Vitor, because I know Hints was something you wanted to do for a while, and you implemented it, and we all gave it a try, and you heard people's uh, feedback and have made it toggleable, which is one of the things that a lot of people were asking for when it was initially um, you know, put out. But to your point, you know, I, I think it's good for people to give it a try and, and just mm-hmm. like you know, see how it works. So, I think uh, we may look into other hint tile, uh, Hint-type groupings, like... Maybe like we could have a hint uh, pack that's all major items are on hint tiles, or we could have you know like fake hints that lead you absolutely in the wrong direction and stuff like that. Eventually, mm-hmm. so uh, more kind of work on the hint system or even additional hint systems could be in the pipeline. Absolutely, very cool. Okay. Um, all right, so accessibility was also considered and uh, was one of the changes made uh, in V31. And this is another thing that I don't know if people will, uh, most people will necessarily notice, but it essentially involves uh, like keys that can lock themselves. Um, like one that's used a lot is like the small key being in the big chest of Thieves Town. Um, so you can't use the small key to get in that door. Um, this just is a toggle to say like, you can make it so that that doesn't happen anymore um, by putting on this 100% accessibility option um, guaranteed versus not guaranteed. So um, uh, what was the what was the reason behind implementing something like this for Is it just a you know, desire to create more options and customization or what, what was behind this? Um, a lot of this was a kind of sit down and let's honestly think about how the way we've split up options because in the end underneath it it's a whole bunch of different flips and switches right and Mm -hmm. i mean if you take a look at the customizer you can see a lot of them are exposed to the user um but we trying to like package them together and go okay this makes sense as a way of of like putting these things together and when we were sitting there we're like well um what would be a better way of maybe laying out the options that gives people a bit more freedom to do stuff without in my mind having too many options and we're, I think we're on the cusp of too many options again, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if people are asking for more and more options and, and then you give it to them, that's like, I can't really fault you for that. You gave people pretty much exactly what they wanted. But um, yeah, I think there'll be kind of a re-correction. It's sort of like Mac versus PC in a lot of ways. Like Mac, they, they like hide a lot of that and just kind of make it work. Um, versus PC, you know, or like Linux or something like that, you can make tons of different, you know, tiny little changes to make it exactly to your specifications, which is too much for some people and just right for others. So 
yeah, I think finding a finding a good blend will will be something that just takes more and more time. And actually, that that spurs a, a question that I, that I wondered about. So there are a lot of um, you know we're on v thirty one in terms of updates to this game. Uh, the last update we had, um, you know, in v thirty that was last you know July or August, I believe, and then this one was almost a year later. And I know in the past updates have been a lot more frequent. Has the sort of philosophy changed uh, in 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 that regard? You know, what's what's kind of the philosophy now in terms of how often you would release major updates? Um, honestly, I I I, I was burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So that's uh, totally fair. Yeah, um, it was a uh, it was a good high coming off of V thirty and like all right, I'm gonna you know step up development, and then I just was like mm, I can't like I I tried to keep doing a regular dev stream, but it was kind of listless and aimless and for a little while. But then uh, when we started collecting like what we wanted to get together and the uh, the tournament coming up, we're like all right, let's let's go ahead and actually nail this down into a version. I think at the current at this current moment, I'm I'm back onto the because um, we we had about a release once a month, was was where we were headed, mm-hmm. and then V30 came out and we kind of it's it's nice every now and again to take a step back and be like, all right let's just rest on the laurels for a little bit and and let people play it out for a while, um, yeah, but yeah we're never we're never going to stop developing. I think it was just pretty much a lot of the devs needed a, a bit of a break from the um, amount of work we were doing up to that point. Mm-hmm. Not to mention you have, you know, in between sort of updates, you know, point one, point two kind of updates that address, you know, essentially hot fixes and, and smaller kind of things and more sprites and stuff like that. So, you know, even between version updates like this, even if it's a year in between, there's there's still active changes you know, from the development side to improve the game overall, which I know I super appreciate. I know I know the community does, too. Um, all right, just a few more here. We've really hit the meat of it. But let's just go through some of these other things and just hit on them real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because of the way this is uh, the you know the options that are available on the website, um, more modes can be kind of combined. Whereas you maybe had to do one or the other. Now, there's since their toggles are set up the way they are, you can combine more things. So you could do an entrance inverted or like a retro key sanity. So just more ways to play the game. I think that's that's super cool. Does um, retro key sanity work? Has anyone tried that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I certainly haven't. Nope. Um, okay. Yeah, but if well, someone could check that out and get back to us, so we'd appreciate it. <laughs> just make sure. Um, so Uncle Assured has been changed to just Assured. So Link just starts with the sword instead. And then there's another option that's been added for vanilla swords that puts the swords uh, still all you know progressive in the four vanilla locations. And uh, I thought this was kind of cool, but I was wondering, is this something that people asked for or just something you thought was some or somebody on the team thought would be cool? Or wh- where'd this come from? This is actually a throwback to version six of the randomizer okay. where okay. Um, we randomized the swords amongst themselves. So you, you could like get the gold sword off of uncle or, or you would get the tempered sword at... Um, the master sword pedestal or something like that they would never downgrade but the idea was we kept swords for swords way back then and thought you know maybe somebody still wants to kind of do that Mm -hmm. i like the idea of like knowing where they are so it's sort of a personal challenge like you can go swordless or you can go hit up uncle and if you're really having a hard time 
that's the other thing too is the other three swords like they're all kind of a pain in the butt to go get mm-hmm. you know so it, it takes some dedication i mean obviously pendant or pedestal i mean like that's that's r- ridiculous if somebody does a sword for that but certainly the smith chain or, or uh, you know uh, rescuing the you don't even have to do all that i guess you just rescue the frog i guess a lot of people will probably just do that huh more than likely that'll be their their two main swords and then it's a flip of the coin of if you want tempered do you hope to do the pyramid fairy or do the pedestal yeah yeah nobody's doing pedestal just for that sword for you, sure well actually in in four vanilla locations there's the old chance that you might have to mm-hmm. <laughs> well that's true god i would hate that seed that would be a legendary seed that forces you to make that be your sword mm-hmm. hmm. I'll, I'll let i'll leave it to our listeners to come up with that uh, on their own how that would have to happen uh, we will move on. So there have been some uh, difficulty sliders added. Uh, there, there have always been difficulty options in randomizer. Um, anything else about these difficulty sliders we should mention before we move on? Uh, nothing major. A lot of it's on the options page for people to read up on how they're all how they affect everything. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. Um, customizer. Um, we'll just talk about talk about this real quick. Um, you can choose the glitches you want to account for in the logic. Um, so, you know, you can say like, oh, I can do these glitches. Go ahead and randomize. And it'll randomize them in a way where those glitches are might be required in order for you to finish the seed and, and find your progression. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Cool. That Very is. cool. Very cool. And you can also, maybe this was available before, but you can change how many crystals or pendants Link starts with. No, that's brand new. Brand new for V31. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Very cool. Um, and then when I actually skipped here, uh, they updated the overworld glitch knowledge, I guess, you know, with new overworld glitches that have been learned. Um, they, you know, now if you pick major glitches as an option, those are factored in as well as something you might be able to do. So um, that's something I probably will not ever know very much about. But there it is. If you're one of those uh, major glitch folks. Oh, and we also um, have one more thing coming to customizer. It's uh, in our next hotfix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be out by the time people listen to this. Um we're adding a drop down that allows you to generate your game with spoilers, without spoilers, or only view the spoilers when you generate it. Oh, that's cool. That's so, handy. So you could generate with your spoilers and then other people they'll they'll get a message saying that it was generated and the person who generated it saw the spoilers, so they're not like flying blind. Um but yeah, we give that third option now for that. Nice. Right. Very cool. Um, just a few more here. So MSU one support, which is a way that you can essentially uh, add your own kind of soundtrack to the game while you play, uh, now offers you to set individual tracks per dungeon, whereas it used to just be light or dark dungeon. Um, there's a couple other, uh, scenarios that you can account for, like, uh, you know, you can have the overworld music change after the master sword is pulled, uh, have it be a different tune. Um, there were a couple other ones. Uh, Vitor, do you know the the specifics of other like tracks that can be added now? Um, there's a track for after you get uh, Ganon's Tower Big Key and are going up the tower. Mm. Ooh, you could set something real sinister for that. Uh, there's, I think, one once you have all seven crystals, but I'm not sure about that I one. Think that sounds... I think I remember reading that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew more. The MSU1 stuff is done by QWERTY, Moto. And I, that that guy knows more about MSU than any other person I've ever talked to in my life. It's amazing. Mm. Um, That's something there, I definitely want to learn more about. 
That was the bug I was supposed to fix today. Never mind. Okay, moving along. <laughs> well, glad we could help to jog your memory, I guess, at least. <laughs> um, all right, almost done here. Uh, so easy and insane difficulties are out. This is the far ends of the spectrum. Um, or was there a very easy before? There was no, there was no very easy. And okay. easy, insane was removed because no one was really using it, except mm-hmm. for like, compared to expert, no one was using it. And easy might come back oh okay well i figured it was probably out because of the you know various additional customizer rules that were added you can kind of build your own easy version of a seed or insane for that matter Mm -hmm. um through the customizer so that 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 tracks for me um and then one other the the prize packs have been restored to their vanilla mix so the order in which you would receive the drops has been changed to vanilla instead of being randomized, what has been instead randomized is the order in which you could pick up the vanilla packs. Is that correct? Did I get uh, that no. Okay. All right. Educate us, please. So um, the there's uh, a whole bunch of enemies in prize pack one and a whole bunch of enemies in prize pack two. And what we've done is we've said, all right, prize pack two now maps to the enemies that would be in prize pack one and prize pack one's enemies or in prize pack one maps to the enemies in prize pack two. So the prize packs themselves are still the exact same as they've always been. And the enemy groups that go to prize packs are the same, but the connection between which prize pack they're going to is different. Is it one to two and two to one every time like that? No, no, that that's the shuffled bit. There's, I oh, think okay. eight, seven packs, seven or eight packs. And essentially, um, so the the guards in escape the blue and green guards are in the same prize pack every seed they will always be in the same prize pack and that prize pack will be maybe it's prize pack one maybe it's prize pack two maybe it's prize pack three and each of those packs are are well defined there's a a page online somewhere where you can actually see what's in each and every prize pack okay i'll link i'll link that and and uh put it in the description for sure but I, i think i get it now that makes perfect sense cool um, okay, so that is everything we have in our summary of V31. So quite a bit has changed, as you can tell. Um, do either of you have any sort of final thoughts on V31? Maybe, um, you know, where do you think it's going to go from here? Uh, well, I, personally, I won't answer that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fair. I, I personally, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes and I'm, I'm excited to see how it shakes out i think it's way too early to really say anything one way or the other uh let's give it a couple more weeks maybe a couple more months under its belt maybe some more hot fixes here or there who knows what pops up and then uh mm-hmm. we can we can sort of maybe maybe we can do a post-mortem of sorts at some point uh, we'll check back in to the v31 changes and kind of see how people have been adapting where where the community stands and, and all mm-hmm. that good stuff yeah for sure i mean that's what we're going to do no matter what yeah um cool okay any anything uh anything else to talk about here i think we're good i just cool. I okay found that amusing yeah. sorry the the uh the post-mortem i'm sitting here thinking it's not dead yet <laughs> <laughs> post-mortem perhaps not the best choice of words but you, you got that's to what they're called <laughs> yeah you're fair, done with fair. the development of a game and then you give a post-mortem of the development fair oh, enough specifically game yeah oh no. it's some game lingo that's cool
All right, so we have uh, one fetch question this week from Amphibious T-Rex. And I also want to say shout-outs to Amphibious T-Rex. When I was playing uh, my V31 seat earlier today, they stopped by the stream, hung out with me a little bit. Um, you know, that, that was it was really cool to have them. They uh, reminded me that I had to do the uh, GT climb at the end there. I was about to be like, oh, man, I ran out of spots. And they were like, no, you need to go up and check validation chests. So shout-outs to you, Amphibious T-Rex. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for keeping me honest. And this was their question. In an early seed, I was looking for the big key in Ganon's tower. I accidentally stepped into the warp tile that you normally go into after the randomizer room. Is there an easy way to go back once you've gone through that warp? Or do you have to start from the beginning of GT? Uh, so that's their question. I'm going to assume right off the bat there's no mirror involved. Because obviously the first thing you do is, is mirror, right? So, um, what, so, so what would be your advice to Amphibious T-Rex? Um, I mean... I'm I'm personally a little bit confused about that question, if I'm being honest, because where, like, did he plan on turning around again after Rando Room? Like, why not just keep going and then do, you know, Bob's Chest, <clears throat> Ice Armos, all, all the rest of the stuff that you might have to do, because you've obviously not found anything yet? Yeah, I think they were saying so that you normally go into after the randomizer room. So I think maybe they were just trying to make their way through that room and accidentally stepped in one of the uh, portals. Is there one that like takes you somewhere really weird in that room? Not really. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, at one of the GDQs, Wild and I were playing a um, two or like the one mind thing where you both have controllers and mm. it keeps getting swapped back and forth, and we walked right past that room. Like <laughs> randomizer even, room, yeah. Didn't even throw a bomb or anything. It was just like, oh, we both completely just like, well, we really hope the key isn't in there. Um, but yeah, once you go through that warp, there is no warp tile that will get you back to that room. I think that's their question. Is that maybe they like missed randomizer room? Oh, okay. Now, yeah, okay. So they yeah, threw the bomb wondering and if then while waiting, way. they accidentally stepped on the teleporter that got them out of the yeah. area. Okay, now I get it. All right. So I don't think that, yeah, I don't think there is a good way. I think nope. your best chance is to mirror or death warp or finish out the loop and then go back and do it again. Yeah, I think you finish out the loop. Yeah, you, you go do Bob and, and go underneath and, and do the ice hermos chest because, I mean, it's the same chances. It's four chests with Bob and behind ice hermos and four chests behind the randomizer room door. Bomb wall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry about the bad luck, Amphibious T-Rex, but thank you for the question. Um, if you want to send a question to Go Mode Podcast for us to read on air, you can send that to email at gomodepodcast.com. Um, and we're also on Twitter at gomodepodcast. You guys know the drill by now. If you search us on YouTube, if you search us on Twitch, all those places, you'll, you'll probably find us. You can listen to us on Spotify, all that stuff you already know. I want to take a quick moment uh, before we uh, before we all list our individual twitches and things uh, to give a quick update on the Go Mode Podcast biweekly seed. Um, we released that when we released the last episode. Um, made a new channel in the Discord, and a lot of people played it. Um, a few days after we released it, version thirty one came out. So you know, a lot of people wanted to play version thirty one once it released. So. 
Um, but that being said, a lot of people did play it and chat about the experience. It, it was a bit of a bear of a seed. Um, you had to go to Turtle Rock without the fire rod to find shovel. And then the shovel took you down so you could dig up your fire rod, which was pretty pretty rough. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so people were not super stoked about that, as you can probably imagine. But a lot of people finished it out, which was awesome. Um, there was a super stacked swamp. I, like, triple dipped it because I'm an idiot. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a, a slog, I think, for a lot of people. But we will generate another one. And I think we're just going to go ahead and do a 4-7 fast cannon and let people check that out because that seems to be the new hotness. So we'll generate one of those. Um, and the community, by the way, has done a great job stepping up. You know, we said we didn't want anything to do with the tracking and management of all that. Uh, they're actually talking about building a bot that you can submit your times to. I don't know for sure if that's going to pan out, but they're they're definitely on the task. And I, and I appreciate everyone who's in that channel working on that. That's super cool. That's so. fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope to see that uh, finished out. I think it's based on like a Super Metroid uh, Discord that's doing something like that. So that's that'll be really cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to about do it for us. And I just want to take another final moment to say, Vitor, again, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to be here with us and, and talk about V31. Oh, absolutely. It's it's always a blast. I, I listen to you guys pretty regularly. Um it it uh, makes for good listening while you're at work just uh, programming away. Yeah, awesome. That's that's what we're going for. I, that's why I try to be so specific with the titles because it's like if one comes up one week and you're like, eh, it's not really my cup of tea, then like, yeah, just wait for the next one. You know, so very cool. Well, awesome, and, and honored to hear that you're a fan because I mean, you know, with without all of your hard work, you know, we probably wouldn't even be a podcast. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I'm sure we wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that we would not. So uh, thank you again to you, and thank you for your time. Uh, Herfy Durfy, thank you so much to you for staying up. It's about one <laughs> thirty in the morning right now, and I really appreciate you sticking sticking with us. Yeah, we're all good. I mean, you know, the, the talking and the listening, it's actually kind of woken me up again, so now I'm thinking about maybe doing a multi-world with a couple people, so hey. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to jump into. Yep, sounds good, yeah. right? That won't take long at all. To think I was worried about you staying up late enough to finish this. Now you're gonna you're gonna move up until like four a.m. Probably, now. and I'm gonna blame you for feeling like total crap tomorrow. That's fine. That's fine. I can take it. <laughs> I got thick skin. Um, well, if you want to watch Herfy Durfy, uh, if he does another multi world, maybe for instance, uh, that you can find him at twitch.tv slash Herfy Durfy. If you want to watch me, that's twitch.tv slash Temp underscore. Vitor, tell us where we can watch you on, on Twitch. And also, you know, if you have a, a YouTube or a Twitter or anything like that, just go ahead and uh, tell us about those now. Uh, would, oh, please. absolutely. Uh, Twitch.tv uh, slash Vtorp. Yeah, nice and simple. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Twitter is the same, just uh, at Vtorp. And um, I don't know if I have a YouTube. I, I think it might be linked to my Twitch so that I could send videos over there. There's an old super mario maker one level i created that i died after two minutes of playing through it at the final like to to a goomba it's it's a great watch because i threw the controller and i was just like i think i went out of the room and maybe one little tear went down my face at that time i'm gonna watch that video i'm gonna find and watch that video that sounds compelling. oh goodness <laughs> Nice. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here with us, Vtorp and, uh, and Herfy Durfy. And thank you to the listener. Um, shout outs to you, Axial, as you're celebrating uh, before you get married. Uh, hopefully you're having a wonderful time. We look forward to having you back on the next episode. But uh, for now, that's going to do it for us. going to go ahead and grab this mirror and gaze 
longingly into it as we mirror out.